Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. Welcome to episode 94 of Writer on the Road. We had a fantastic response to our new look or new sound podcast with Annie Seaton last week as she shared with her, or shared with us her work-life balance secrets, which is absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, my new website doesn't catch up with our new look until early December, so that's a little bit disappointing, but it's not that far away. This week we've got Judy Lorne from New Zealand and we're looking at finding your writing feet. But before we go there, I just want to give my little weekly summary that I'm going to be practicing from here on in. Uh, On Thursday I have a webinar and it's about seven steps to getting started with your writing. And it's a little introduction to the course that I'm opening up uh, in the new year and it's do you have a story to tell and it's bringing those voices in your head under control. Now we've been running this program now for a year with our young writers and I'm really excited to be bringing it to everyone for our adults. So I've been working hard behind the scenes to work out what we're going to offer and how we're going to offer it and I've brought in some great bonus interviews which is really really exciting. Uh, Hopefully that'll all be up by the time this podcast goes to air and you can check it out for yourselves. But if you know anyone who wants to come to our webinar on Thursday, we've had a bit of a response already, which is really interesting because I haven't advertised it yet, so it's pretty exciting. Hopefully uh, people will be interested in uh, what we've got to say. They'll be interested in our Voices in Your Head program. I know it's a little bit different and it steps everybody through the whole process from beginning writing right through to our entrepreneurial endeavours as we come out the other side of having finished our books. Uh, We've got our usual download, which is pretty impressive. Some people have been downloading uh, Do You Have a Story to Tell on my website, which is a free download if you're interested. Now, I had some people take me up on that last week, which was pretty exciting as well. It's all happening here at Rider on the Road, and I'm having a bit of trouble catching up with myself. Another thing that we're bringing in, And I'd hope to have it this week, but it'll be next week now. We're introducing sponsorship, uh, and it'll be in the form that you and I can benefit. So I'm asking that our sponsors come on board and they give us tips and they help us grow in our writing journey. And in return, we'll we'll give them some exposure for for the things that they're doing. So that'll start next week, and I'm kicking off with um, Paul Brody, who's been on our web. Uh, been on our podcast several times now and he's a uh, publishing expert in the indie field so it's really exciting to have him aboard. I'll also be having Cassandra Gaysford and she's the millionaire mindset guru and mid-career life change uh, whatever you call it, I don't know what you do, Cassandra. Midlife, midlife career change. I've never had a career, so I have a bit of trouble um, getting my head around that one. I sort of just go off on all these adventures and wait for everybody to catch up with me. All right, number five is our summer reading series. Now I've put out some feelers to see if I can bring some of our favourite authors on board for our summer reading series. While we're all off on the holidays and relaxing at the beach here in Australia, sorry everyone over there where it's snowing. Here in Australia, we head off to the beach. And some of our favourite authors are going to share not only the stories that they've written, but some of the favourite stories that they like to read. So I think that covers it all for our introduction today. Lots happening. If you know anyone who wants to attend the webinar, please please feel free to share. Um, otherwise, it's sit back and listen to the beautiful Judy Lorne, writing coach, who's going to help us all find our writing feet. Today we're crossing the channel and we're over in the beautiful, beautiful New Zealand with author, writer and coach, uh, Judy Lorne. Hi, Judy. 
Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Now, Judy and I have been uh, meaning to catch up for a while, so she's been very, very patient, and finally we're getting together. Uh, Judy, would you like to start off by telling us a little bit about the kinds of books that you write? Well, I started with short stories, actually, quite a long time ago, and um, some of those were published in... Um, some of them were published in um, Women's Weekly and Australian New Zealand Women's Day and also a magazine we have here called Takahe Magazine, which is a literary magazine. And I have just put all my short stories together in a book called The Other Side of Solitude. So they're all in here. Some of them have not been published before and so they are in there as well. And that's really interesting, everybody. Even before we kick off, Judy's been writing for a long, long time. She's um, very well respected over in New Zealand and probably here as well for all for all I know. I haven't done my research properly and I apologise for that right at the outset. Uh, Judy, writing short stories, writing uh, romance novels. I found your beautiful romance novel up there. Writing for children. You're certainly uh, multifaceted. Is that correct? I do write across a lot of genres. Um, Yes, I write for, I, I've written a book on, um, a chapter book for, for seven to ten year olds and also a, um, a young adult novel. It's supposed to be a, thrill, a, a um, trilogy and it will be one day when I get the time to finish it. <laughs> and I write um, a mystery series as well, Daisies Never Die and Watch Over Me. Daisies Never Die is the first in the series of my Rose Roundtree mystery series. And um, then, of course, there's all my children's picture books. My latest one, just out, just out now, just, I don't know if you can see it. It's just come out. I'm, I'm waiting to put this up online, but I have had it printed here in New Zealand and I go to the markets and sell my books and uh, also to the libraries and schools. I get a lot of teachers coming to the markets. Um, kindergarten and um, childcare centres, so they, they buy my books. Yeah. Now, we're, we're going to unpack that one today. Uh, Judy has been holding our books up for us, everybody. Uh, we do try to to get these things out on the YouTube channel, but we haven't as yet, so we're purely audio at this stage, Judy. So if you're wondering why, uh, I'm looking at you going... We can't actually see them, uh, but they are beautiful and I will try and get them up on the website at some stage as well. Now, you're self-published? Um, originally, I had, um, well, like, like I say, my short stories were published by different magazines. My um, mystery series is published by Zumea Publishing in, in Texas. And I had two children's picture books, one with Reed here in New Zealand Read Publishing and also one with Penguin. And then I decided to publish myself. Yeah, and that's an interesting topic and it's something we're very interested here in here mm. at Writer on the Road. Being a hybrid uh, author is is probably the way to go nowadays, uh, would you say? Well, a lot of, lot of writers are doing that and taking that path. It's becoming more difficult to get published by the mainstream publishers and, and a lot of authors are just choosing to self-publish. It's easy enough to do on Amazon through CreateSpace or put your, putting your books onto Kindle, Kindle Direct Publishing. 
Yeah, and we, we push pretty hard here. I push pretty hard, Kevin Tumlinson and draft to digital and now that they they can upload to Amazon and well, as well, that's really, really exciting. They can do our audio books as well, which is also exciting, plus all the yeah. other distribution uh, places that they have. Now, when, it, when you say it's becoming more and more difficult to be um, published by traditional publishers... Mm. Do you have you found that things have changed over the years? Um, because I've never tried. I I feel that indie publishing is the way to go, and I would never even bother mm. going the traditional route. Are you are you saying that people are still trying to um, traditional publish before they indie publish? They, I think they are. A lot of a lot of people try, and um, it's just because it seems to me um, what I've observed over the last few years since the explosion of indie publishing that it's become a little harder to be published with the mainstream publishers and I think they want you to they want to see how you go as an author how many books you sell that sort of thing what numbers looking at before they take you on yeah and I find that really really interesting as well I'm a member of a mastermind group at the moment everybody and most of them appear to be in America the people in the group and what is surprising me is they're still jumping through hoops to get traditionally published and they're still going to agents I've got no idea how agents make their money anymore other than to guide you through the indie publishing process I guess uh but to go to all that effort, effort to go in competitions, which I still think is a good idea, just to get some practice up, and then to send out to a 1,000, uh, I guess, traditional publishers only to get rejected time and time again, when we can be putting our effort now into writing quality books and like some of those beautiful books you just held up, uh, mm. presenting them so well and then going out and, and selling them ourselves. Are you finding that your indie published books are, are a joy to sell at the markets as well? They are. I've, I've had um, I've had a great deal of success with Jessie's new home. I don't know if you can see that. You might be able to see it, but no, I have got my camera on. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now um, Judy's just held it up to be in the camera ang camera angle, and I could see it. And the colours are stunning. Uh, mm. So I'm guessing you've got a fair bit of experience with uh, cover design and organising no. people to edit. No, no. And I don't. I have. I'm. I'm very, very lucky in that I have a wonderful illustrator, and she has has um, she's done magnificent illustrations all the way through. Yeah. You can see how. <laughs> yeah. And I can see everybody. What Judy's holding up for us is uh, their glossy, glossy pages. They look like they're they're print, printed beautifully. It's um, printing here in New Zealand. I, I use that for my children's picture books. It is more expensive and you have to, um, you know, you have to put the numbers in there to start with um, as opposed to ordering them through CreateSpace. The printing is not quite as nice for the, for the children's picture books, but there's nothing wrong with the covers. See, that's a CreateSpace cover and it's perfectly, it's perfectly beautiful. Hmm. Um, the covers are fine, but the um, children's picture books, the quality is not really what I would like. Not as not as magnificent as the offset printing. Yeah, and that's a little tip. Even even as we even begin to unpack all all Judy's knowledges, is, and I know there are a lot lot more um, things that you're going to come out with today that we're going to benefit from. One of the first things that I was interested in is that you go to the markets every week and you sell your books, and that's yes. where teachers find you. 
Yes, they do. I try to get round to schools reading and I've often been round over the years, right from the very first book. And I go to libraries and read. Um, yes, anyone who invites me, I'll probably try to, try to fit in. But you can't get round every school in the, the countries. And it's wonderful that the teachers and um, early early childhood teachers find me at the markets and, and I've had some wonderful feedback from them. <laughs> Now, uh, at the markets, do you advertise your writing courses at the markets as well? Yes, I do. And that's how I, I, I first started teaching through the um, community education program, which was a program run here in New Zealand through the different colleges. So I, I did that for about nine years. And then um, the government, in their wisdom, pulled the plug on the funding. And so it's all, it's been a little bit harder to get uh, you know, private classes up and running, but I do have um, two classes at the moment going um, at a local area down in Oriwa, uh, Oriwa Beach, not very far away from where I live, and at a uh, estuary arts centre. So, hmm. yeah, and that seems to be the way now uh, to to bring your income together to to mm. publish your books. You have paperbacks. Uh, I'm, I believe you've probably got digital publication as well yes yes i do most of these are digital as well most of them are on on um, amazon yeah and then you add in the writing courses and you add in the school visits i'm yeah. guessing that it has taken years and years to get to the point where you're very very comfortable in in your writing i guess author persona now Yes, it has taken a long time. Over 30 years I've been writing. <laughs> yeah. I was nervous and shy to start with, and, um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed teaching and passing on the things that I've learned over the years, and it's a joy to see others pick up on that and, and run with it. I'd like to see everyone writing. <laughs> yeah. And that's what so, we're here today for. We're going to talk to Judy about uh, some of the writing things that she teaches her students and just those, those what I call those very, very basic things that we sometimes forget in this modern-day rush to write a book and churn it out in 30 days. Um, everyone who listens to this podcast knows how that, that annoys me. Uh, those very, very basic qualities, Judy, that I notice you teach in your writing courses, uh, how to start getting your ideas, writing good sentences and putting them into action. That's what your courses are all about, aren't they? Yes, they are. And we do several, um, quite a few starting um, ideas, points to start from. And we dissect um, a couple of my short stories and I show them how to put all that, put them together and what works and, and sentence structure and different words to leave out like adverbs for example and then I put up sight sound taste touch smell and always underline smell and say every time they do a little exercise I say now go back and put something about smell because it's the one thing that people forget um, yeah. and that goes down quite well yeah yeah and I think, I think having those workshops and having someone there to remind you is mm. why those physical workshops will always be popular, won't they? They will be. People want to write, but I can remember when I first started, I just, I'd forgotten everything I ever knew about English, uh, all my English lessons, and I didn't know what an adjective was, barely. So I went back to um, school 
and got what they called in, in our school system, the sixth form English. And then I went on to do some English papers through Massey. So that was, that was very interesting. And it helped me um, get back in, into the swing of writing and realise what I was writing was pretty dreadful <laughs> at that time and needed a lot of work, shall we say. Yeah, and picture books are particularly difficult to write uh, and write well because you don't have a lot of words and so every word you've got to make count. That's right. I've just done a, um, a workshop on how to write for children. In fact, I'm writing a book. That's my, one of my next books will be how to write a children's picture book. Um, I've got quite a, few, quite a way through it and, and it is because of that statement that people think, oh, it's easy to write a children's picture book but it's actually one of the hardest things to write. Yeah, and I saw something on, um, oh, it was one of these courses that, or newsletters that come out all the time, how to write a picture book in an afternoon and make millions, and I'm going, No, no, yeah. I don't think so. Very, very rarely would that happen, and it's just a way of selling courses. And that's right, everybody, or pieces of software or, or something else because mm-hmm. good quality writing will, will win out every time and I think people are starting to realize that again and people are starting to turn around and look at published authors who have a track record and and learn from them and learn from the best so I push writing excellence here uh, at Writer on the Road and especially for my young scholars that it it pays to take your time and get it right Uh, and in this publishing world and especially indie publishing I think the rumors started going around if you don't publish every three months they forget you Well, there's all sorts of things happening and it's changing and evolving even as we speak. So what's relevant now um, may not be relevant tomorrow. And there's all sorts of systems on the go and how to crank your book up into Amazon um, to, to get a bestseller. And, and then Amazon turn around and they know we're not, we're not actually going to do that anymore. So that's all finished, folks. And this is how we're doing it now. And then that changes next week and so on and so forth. So the course that you've taken to learn, and I've done some of them, and they're just no longer relevant. So I'm just forging ahead doing what works for me. Yeah. And, Judy, I'm about to launch my first writing course, and it's called The Voices in Your Head. But I'm Mm. putting myself front and centre of that course because I think without someone to talk to and ask ideas and Mm. test your ideas and get that immediate feedback, uh, I just don't think that teaching yourself how to write is, is, I guess it's not as constructive as it could be when you've got people to bounce ideas off. Uh, Mm. Are you finding that one of the first things your writers ask you is, where do I get my ideas? Yes, yes, that's basically where I start in my book. So that's what we do. I, I, I present several different ways for them to start. And um, some work and some work better than others. And it's just a case of finding where what works for you. It's better than looking at a blank sheet of paper. You've got to put something down and, and start writing. And so we do that. Yeah. yeah. The blank page is always very, very scary, everybody. It comes out and it gets you in the night. Uh, But the other thing that is really, really interesting is once you've got those words on the paper, how much easier it is to play with them. It is. It is indeed. And And you can, we do do some editing sessions later on and if I pick up something as they read out their stories, which is a great interaction in the class and it, and it, and it, binds people together because they have the shared intimacy of reading out their work and it is an intimate 
thing, our writing, it's very special to us and it's quite hard to put it out there. Yeah, and it can be really, really, really scary even in, in a small group because you think yes. people are going to laugh at you. One of the first things I have to teach is how to critique. Yes, yes, because it's very easy. Anyone can pick up a red pen. I always say when they pick up a red pen, they suddenly become God and it's quite frightening really. So yeah. I don't really have any of that in my class. I ask questions. I say, have you got any questions you'd like to ask? And that, that always works. And then if they ask me something, then I will offer and tell and, and say, well, perhaps you could do it this way or, you know. Yeah. And uh, how many people would you have in a workshop? Are you finding that your workshops, are more and more people are tapping into their creativity and wanting to, wanting to do this thing called writing? Sometimes, yes. Um, in the, over the years, I've had big classes and then smaller classes and it, tends to dwindle off through winter when people don't want to come out at night, it's raining and they think, oh, I don't think I'll go out tonight. Uh, it depends. Those who want to write stick at it and they stay from the beginning to the end and they soak it all up. And those are the ones who go on. And some of my students over the years have gone on and published their own novels and work and it's wonderful to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you've got a very strong contingent of romance writers over there. I think I interviewed Leanna Morgan. Uh, she was absolutely beautiful and extremely successful. Uh, mm -hmm. The romance industry is quite popular. Any Anything else over there that I, I know? Is it Elizabeth Knox? She was a literary writer over there, isn't she? Yes, she, she is. Yes. Yes, I, I tend to go to these events over the years and I've uh, joined the romance writers and, and been a member for many, many years and attended some of their uh, wonderful um, weekend events. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't tend to go to many now. I, I've just um, kind of put that on hold for a little while. I've been to loads of children's. I belong to many children's groups as well, and I've been to many of those events over the years. Um, a lady came over from, no, it was a podcast from Australia that um, we were talking to one of the children's authors. And that, that they're, they're all very, very, very interesting. And people are, I run into writers all the time. And we discuss what's happening in the, in the writing world. And it's always interesting to see where they're going. And, and it is difficult to sell. Mm. Yeah. If you had to give, um, I guess, a few tips to the beginning writer, and this is something that I want to focus on more in 2018, if you had to pass on your expertise and knowledge, what would you tell them? To keep persevering, I think. Don't give in. Um, none of us like to be rejected, and I've been rejected many times over, um, along with loads of other very, very famous authors will tell you. I've got loads of stories about that. Don't be put off by what other people say, what other people might tell you. That's the most important thing. And I've got a, I have a lovely little story that happened to me um, when I first started, and I always tell my students that story, and it relaxes them, and it's quite amusing and frightening as these stories are, because I've heard some horrible rejection stories over the years. And I write about, I write about um, that in my book, Take Heart and Write. I don't know if you can see that one. Take Heart and Write. That's my latest um, book. And it's all about how to pluck up courage and put pen to paper. That's my, um, 
there's a lot of lot of um, that's really the the um, forward thinking of the of the book to keep now, going. Now, keep everybody, um, Judy has just put a book up on the screen, and it's called Take Heart to Write, and it's got a big red love heart on it. Uh, I did not see that in. Nice. Yeah, I didn't see any of that in my research, Judy. Can you, oh. I want to hear your story that you were just about to tell us, and then I'd love to talk about that book. What was the little story that put you off? Well, it could have put me off. Way back, um, I went to my very first writing group, and our brief was to write a story about the sea. And so I wrote a fishing yarn. And um, I thought it was, you know, pretty good really for me and I took it along to, to, to the next meet and of course I was far too shy in those days to read it out myself so the tutor read it out and when she finished reading the group of ladies one of the ladies there in the group she sniffed and said hmm, well it's plagiarism isn't it and of course I was completely devastated uh, even though the tutor assured me that no no it wasn't plagiarism at all anyway um Back home that night, I was sitting in, in front of the fire. It was winter and I had the fire on and I was sitting there with my manuscript and thinking about what this woman had said and, and I almost put that story in the fire. And that would have been the end of my story and possibly the end of my writing. I don't think I would have ever written anything after that. So you mustn't allow people to destroy your hopes and dreams basically yeah and, and few, that's what it is isn't it i was i was in a bookshop and i happened to pick up a magazine it was the australian australasian fishing magazine and i flipped to the back i flipped through it and here on the back page was this fishing yarn you see so i stood there in the shop and read it and i said oh oh well i'll i'll send my story off and there you are and see happily ever after everybody um everybody has a happily ever after story <laughs> Keep going and don't allow people to destroy your dreams and your ambitions. Yeah, and that's, uh, look, as a teacher, I, I thoroughly believe that because, you know, you can tell people they're hopeless and two minutes later they're brilliant. Uh, and right. Yeah, creative endeavour can come out anywhere. Everyone, I have to apologise to Judy here and now because she has written so many books. I didn't scroll down far enough to find her beautiful book, Take Heart and Write, How to Pluck Up Courage and Put Pen to Paper. Uh, so I do have it up in front of me now. Um, and I apologise, Judy, to you for missing it. It says here, it's a lot about fear. Fear yes. uh, to you, how to, I guess, how to harness fear, is it? Fear is part of our makeup and what to do about that. It is. It is. It's, it's overcoming that fear. And that's what I talk about in my book. And I probably mention either, either that story or several other stories, um, different things that have happened to me that I, I had a terrible um, writer's block episode in my life, which was, was dreadful. And people laugh at writer's block. And that story's in that book. And it's just, it's just to show people what you can go through and what you can come up against. And just to keep on going. If you can't do it that day, walk away, go and make a cup of tea, go for a walk, clear your mind. Don't sit there trying and trying and trying and forcing the words. They won't come. Um, but they will eventually when you relax and look at it from another point of view, perhaps. So some of those stories are in that book. 
<laughs> and and they're worth look you are you are i guess a lady who has written for so long and has so much experience and we're only unpacking the very surface of it here today this is one of the things that i look so strongly believe in it, without people like you and your mentorship mm. people and i don't i don't just mean young writers i mean older people who want to write yes. can trust you and know that you're a good person and that you're going to encourage them in the way they need to be encouraged. That would have to be critical, wouldn't you say? It is very critical because there is a trust between um, tutor and, and student. Yes. Yeah, and I've, I've brought that up because the very next word after fear is courage. That's right. <laughs> yes, I talk about all those things in that book and these are the things that you have to have. You have to find your courage and, and work your way through these difficult times. Really, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're writing or going to work. There's probably moments when you have a similar um, experience. Yeah, finding your writing feet. Mm. Is that your area of expertise, helping, helping new writers find their writing feet? Yes, and the confidence to... Um, see that I show them where their words work and they um, yeah that's that's always really very interesting because they're not aware of it and I wasn't aware of it myself and it was one of my wonderful self-discovery things I suppose you could say with writing when I started teaching I started to go back and dissect some of my short stories and figure out why they worked I had a couple of short stories produced on national radio. Uh, they were children's stories way back 1900. Yeah, it feels like about 1900, <laughs> 1990s, I think. And um, then I had to, when I was writing um, creative writing and teaching, and I had to examine these stories and think, gosh, look, this is, this is why this works. And, and then, of course, the students asked me, well, do I start with all these, the, these wonderful plans? You know, this is going to happen and then that's going to happen and then this happens because of that. And so, but I don't, of course. I just simply wrote the story as, a, as I write. Um, and it was only when I went back afterwards looking at them and examining them in depth. And, and this is what I teach them to do, to examine their stories in depth and why they work and how they can make even just a few words say such a lot. People think, people say that a picture paints a thousand words, but a few words can paint a wonderful picture or many, many pictures. Yeah. I am writing madly, everybody, as Judy's speaking, and she's looking at me going, what are you doing, you crazy woman? And I thought she is giving such good advice, and, and I look at this thing. Uh, why stories work? Go back and examine them. See why the story worked, but also have a look at the one that didn't work um, because there's reasons for that too, and you may be able to fix it. That's right. There are reasons. They're just not strong enough or um, the characters didn't quite gel um, too much description. I think I had a short story uh, rejected once because I had too many adjectives in it. So that's something I bring up in class. Yeah. Um, I just given my students last night to go and write a small piece without any adjectives, but we, we, we do need adjectives, of course, and this is, this is, we come to a happy, happy medium there. Yeah, it's like trying to get my kids to write a sentence without the letter E. They, you think it can't be done and they manage it really, really well and you go, oh, that wasn't meant to happen. Oh. <laughs> 
I think, I guess the very relaxed approach, uh, how you have your anecdotes, you have your own experiences to fall back yes. on, uh, creating, mm. creating an atmosphere of safety. Um, as I'm talking to you today, you've, you've got such a wealth of knowledge and you deliver it in such a gentle manner uh, mm. is, is I guess something that is lost sometimes in this modern day nano get out there and just yeah. do it approach. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That can actually but, be quite scary. Yes, I've heard I've heard of that one and people just sit there and write a book in, in well, people write a book in a week. They write a book in two weeks, then they write a book in a month. I mean, I don't know how good these books are. Maybe you get the first the first um, script written but it's not the one that you eventually end up with because it, it, it does need to be gone over and over and <laughs> over again yeah and it does and especially when you get on to i guess you you mentioned that you'd written um literary for literary journals and when you're looking yes. at short stories some of those yeah. things as you said the first thing that you write down may not be the story that actually wants to be told no i've, I've often started to write a story um for a particular um, genre and something else entirely different has come out and um, that, that's quite interesting but I can I can write uh, Takahe magazine are the literary stories and, and some of those stories um, they're quite hard they're not soft gentle easy commercial fiction um, which I also write I think if you go into Takahe magazine that's T-A-K T-A-K-A-H-E magazine. It's called after our big birds here. That's the Takahe. They're gorgeous, gorgeous creatures. And um, if, you can, if you want to go into that, there's one of my stories up there. It's about a prostitute, actually, and it's a very hard story. So I didn't actually include it in my book, my selection of short stories. <laughs> it doesn't... It's just, just a bit too hard. But I have no idea where, where any of that all comes from because I don't really know anything about that. But yeah. that's, that's the joy for me of writing. If you can get into your character's shoes or your character's skin and you become them and you become their voice, if you like, their story is to be spoken they need they need someone to speak for them and you as the author do that and that's another joy of writing mm. how look how beautiful i'm sitting here nodding my head judy to be a lover of words and and to have a passion for the craft of writing uh it's mm. shining through very very strongly here today and it's something that i miss and it's only by listening to you talk today, and I could listen to you for hours, um, you have developed this over many, many years. You have gone back to school and trained yourself. You've practised mm. your craft, I'm guessing, on a daily basis, or if not daily, then very, very often. Yes. Do you think that that's what makes you the writer you are today? Uh, I think so. It's only with practice that you will improve, hopefully. Um, I can still come up with some terrible clangers that don't work. Um, I think that's just part of being human, really. No one's perfect. I think, I think you have to have the 
acceptance and the inner belief that you never stop learning and you're learning all the time. You don't just get to a certain point, oh, well, I've done 20 years now and I'm, I'm an expert sort of thing. It isn't the case, really. You, you're, what you are is a writer and you never stop learning. And that's the joy of writing for me. Yeah. Now, is that not a beautiful, beautiful spot to end everybody? Uh, remember in 2018, we're all about the writing journey. And I think we've just heard it right on day one from from the most beautiful, gentle lady uh, that I could ever imagine. Judy, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. You've, um, I guess you've reignited my passion for for enjoying the process of writing and and I guess sharing that gift. I share that gift with with my young writers. Um, but to listen to you talk is has been an absolute pleasure. So despite everything I intended here today, it was um, great just to sit and listen to you talk, everybody. If you want to have a look at Take Heart and Write, I'll put it up on my Facebook page um, just to let everybody know. Where can everyone get hold of that book, Judy? Through Amazon. Yeah. So it's, it's, you can either download it as a Kindle book or or the um, paperback, either either. Yeah, and if you don't want to do that, guys, um, trip over to the markets and you'll see Judy on a Sunday uh, selling all her beautiful, beautiful picture books, but also you can pick up this um, How to Write book. And I think even the most experienced of writers always pick these things up because we can always learn something, as Judy said. Uh, we're always learning and it would be a shame if we rested on our laurels and said we know everything now. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm going to end it there. Uh, Judy, thank you very much. You can find Judy at uh, judylawn.com. Uh, have a look at her picture books. They are glorious. Have a look at her writing books. And when you're over in New Zealand, just pop into the markets and say, hi, Mill sent you. Uh, so that's bye from me at Writer on the Road. And bye from Judy. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at me going, am I supposed to say goodbye? Okay. <laughs> Another day at Writer on the Road. <laughs>